Hello and welcome to the Education Redefined webcast series, where I uncover educational best practices and share success stories with every single episode. Go ahead, grab a cup of coffee or your favorite drink and enjoy a few moments talking about teaching and learning with me. Hi, my name is Sandhya Lakhanpal and I am your host for this series. Subscribe to our webcast or look out for new episodes on YouTube. Join our Facebook group for the latest trends in the field of education. In this episode, I would like to introduce Learning Ally. Learning Ally is one of the biggest supporters of students with dyslexia. It not only provides audiobooks, but also engages students through a multi-sensory approach to reading. In this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Terry Noland, who is the Vice President of Educator Initiatives with Learning Ally. It is with great pleasure that I would like to introduce Dr. Terry Noland. She has a PhD in Literacy and is a certified academic language practitioner with over 27 years of experience in education. She provides leadership, mentorship, and consultant services to schools and districts all over the country. Dr. Noland has dedicated her life to making students successful. In this episode, she identifies ways in which Learning Ally engages learners, talks about Learning Ally's parent and educator communities, volunteer opportunities, and much more. She also addresses how Learning Ally has innovated through the years to meet the needs of students. Do check out the show notes, which has 13 amazing sessions from Learning Allies Virtual Conference Spotlight on Dyslexia, which was held this summer. These sessions are available until December 1st. You will also find a special promo code in the show notes for a discount to the recorded sessions. In addition, you will find links that are helpful if you would like to get involved with the initiatives mentioned in this episode. So without further ado, I'm excited to welcome Dr. Noland. Dr. Noland, thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to talk to you about Learning Ally. Uh, I appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you for coming for this episode of uh, Education Redefined. Well, I am happy to be here. So excited. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I know I've worked with Learning Ally in the past, but I want to um, start at the very basics, right? So um, can you, for the sake of the listeners, talk to me a little bit about what is Learning Ally and then what's the history and mission behind Learning Ally? Yeah, and, and I love getting to answer this question because of the fact that I think I kind of astonish everyone in the response in saying that we've been around for over 70 years. Oh, wow. It's an education nonprofit. You know, people are like, oh my goodness. And I always say we're one, we're a best kept secret um, that needs to get out there. We don't need to keep what Learning Ally does a secret any longer. Right. So we actually got started by Anne McDonald who was a visionary back in 1948 in seeing a need for GIs that had been wounded in World War II and lost their vision, um, came home blinded or had visual impairment. So she saw this need that they still wanted to go and access their GI bill and go to school. And 
both she and some other women from the women's auxiliary group there at the New York City Public Library started recording books so that these uh, GIs could go back to school and get the content that they needed to continue their lives and be successful. So, you know, we've, we've got a long history, but as you're going to hear, the evolution of who we are is incredible and, and impressive about the vision that we are casting for the future. Wow. Wow. Who would have imagined 1948? I mean, you... It must have been a revolution at that point, even unheard of. And what a great journey and a great mission. So let me ask you a little bit about your journey and how it all started and what calls you to this mission of Learning Ally. <laughs> so another startling thing I think that throws people for a loop here is my, my bachelor and my master's degree. I mean, this is where I was headed as a professional. It's in criminal justice. Oh, wow. So, you know, everybody's like criminal justice. Wait, that doesn't match up. That doesn't sound right. But uh, yeah, in criminal justice. And it just so happened that at the time that I was needing a job, looking for a job, my sister-in-law had worked for this organization, RFBND, which was Learning Allies name prior to us changing the name, Recording for the Blind and Dyslexic. And the reason why my sister-in-law started working at the organization is because her son, my nephew, is blind. And uh, when he was in the third grade, that she realized this child needs books. Right needs books and he can't keep up with the braille fast enough to be able to read the books that he needs to read. So she sought out an organization and that's where she found RFBND. And fast forward, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a job. I'm out here in West Texas. And she said, we're hiring, go and apply. I did. That was 15 years ago. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, what started out as, hey, I need a job. Hey, I, you know, my nephew, there's this purpose and passion for what he needs. I got curious. I got really curious around uh, audiobooks. Why does that work? Why, why would a student need an audiobook if they are a struggling reader? It makes such good sense for an individual that's blind or visually impaired. We get it. It clicks in our brain why that works. Right. It doesn't click in our brain why that works for a student that's struggling to read. So uh, over those 15 years, I just, what can I learn? What can I soak up? Where, where can I get information? So I went and got certified as an academic language practitioner. So I, I know the research and the evidence now to teach kids how to decode words, how to, to read those words. And in fact, I tutor students now just to stay close to that experience. Mm -hmm. um, and then went on and got my PhD in literacy. Now I had taught in pre-K. And I always say, I hope those poor, poor children got a better teacher after me. I didn't know the first thing about teaching reading. I didn't know the first thing. I mean, I remember putting tracing papers mm -hmm. 
front of those children. Here, let's trace the capital A and the little A. And I read books. We had good oral language development through conversation and play and all of those things. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. And then I became the administrator of that preschool and I still didn't know. You know, and, and I'm afraid so many educators are in my boat. They yes. have heart, they have the passion. I want to teach, I want to, you know, impact the lives of students, but they don't have the pre-service training they need to truly address the needs of a struggling reader. Right, right. And that is so true for my journey as well, that I had taught for a while before I stumbled upon Nye House. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, actually, not until I became a reading specialist did I realize that a gem like Learning Ally exists, you know, and how much Learning Ally does for students who have a learning disability or reading disability or dyslexia, and how long, it, you know, how far it can take them. So let me ask you, what are some of the resources that Learning Ally puts out for students who are struggling with reading? How does, how does Learning Ally support these students? Yeah, so uh, our anchor, our flagship solution is our audiobook solution. And, you know, I mentioned how, yeah, it's just an obvious thing uh, when we're talking about students that are blind or visually impaired. But... Here's where, you know, I just want to spread the message for a student that is struggling to decode words, mm -hmm. students that have those deficits in the phonological component of language, and they need the explicit instruction that research tells us that not just struggling readers, every student should get a structured, explicit approach to learning how to decode words. It's just gonna help them, right. help them. And that process, you and I both know, that process of rewiring the brain takes a long time. Takes time. So it, it, I will always say audiobooks should never ever replace explicit instruction. Mm -hmm. You gotta have both, it's a both and. So, so think about this. Let's, let's take a, I always use my friend Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn is a middle school student. Mm -hmm. Brooklyn, eighth grader, but her word decoding is on a third grade level. So think about the speed at which she's decoding words. Right. And the speed at which she needs to keep up with content in the classroom to go home and read the two chapters of the assigned book to come back in the class the next day, right? Engage and have conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it, the, the pacing around that. That's where that audiobook comes in, augments the automaticity process. Mm -hmm. And now, I mean, uh, I talked to educators, administrators, students across the country. The key thing, the key phrase, they say over and over, learning ally changed my life. Yes, that is so true. That is yeah. so true. Um, and, I, and I do want to get into the whole multi-sensory approach and how it's not just the audiobook, right? Because um, 
if I was asking uh, from a layman's perspective, I would say, okay, and if I, if I didn't know learning LI the way I know it, I would say what, why and how is it any different from Audible, which is from Amazon, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's the same thing, essentially books on tape. But learning ally is so much more, right? Just for example, your your learning ally audiobook solution, it's multi-sensory in nature. So how does the multi-sensory approach work hand in hand with the audiobooks to enable our students with disabilities? Yeah. The uh, first of all is that you've got the component of the words, the text being shown on the screen of the device that you're using, whether it's a you know phone in your pocket, your tablet, your computer, doesn't matter. On our literature titles, you've got that text on the screen. So paired with the text is highlighting that highlights along as a human reader reads those words. Now, I got to take a few moments. I was going to say a single moment, but uh, uh, several moments to talk about the human aspect. Yes. We, uh, we work hard to ensure that we get the voice right that we are looking for authenticity of voice. This is another aspect of this multi-sensory component because like I, I think about myself, I know it, you know it by listening to me. I'm a Southern girl, I have a Southern accent. Right. So you don't need me reading Diary of Anne Frank. It just doesn't match. Mm -hmm. And so, you got a kid that that is opening up a book and it's about this young lady in uh, uh, Europe that, you know, is is going through the Holocaust and you don't need a southern voice. You need a, 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 a European youthful voice. Right. That book. So we work so hard in pairing the intent and the passion and the purpose behind the author to bring forth these voices. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I use this example a lot. Think about an assigned text, like the narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass. Mm -hmm. hmm. I mean, we're talking about slavery here and it's from the voice of a man, a black man that knows about slavery. Don't you want the voice of a black man that that you can feel that coming through, you know? So uh, exactly. we are are pairing that, and it's providing a model of oral reading fluency that students struggle with. I mean, a, a struggling reader struggles with how uh, reading should sound, right. the cadence, the flow, the prosody of the way that they use their phrasing and tone. Right. So this model just is just a beautiful way to show that child um, in this multi-sensory way of creating connection, human connection in this digital world. Right, right. Um, I, I, 
I, I, I see how the, like I can pull the multi-sensory components out, right? There's just, it's not just a voice actor who's reading that audio book. It's just not, it's not just one component. You are bringing the cultural aspect. You're bringing the phrasing, the intonation, the tone, the emotions that come with the right voice paired with the right book, right? So for example, if you're looking, if you're reading about the Hispanic culture, you have somebody with that background who comes and reads it, or somebody who is from Asia has that accent who reads it. And it's much more than just identifying the sounds um, of the uh, or that go in the word or just decoding the word. There's so much more. Um, and, you know, even I, I know that there's a whole thing about, you know, comprehension that comes with reading, but there's a whole emotional aspect and that nonverbal comprehension that you're communicating by bringing the right cultural background and voice with the text that is being read. It, it's yeah. such a powerful message, such a powerful message. It it is, and we can't discount what literature can do in the life of a student. And I'm going to throw this question out there to all of the listeners to say, have you ever been just emotionally ripped apart by a book? I mean, just, ah, you, you, when you put it down, you just sat there in stunned silence, like, I'll forever be changed at the hands of a paperback. Mm -hmm. And think about our students that are struggling readers that may never get that experience if we have them just struggle through decoding words and getting words off the page. Right. I mean, I want every child to get ripped apart at the hands of a book because the research is very clear that it is completely rewiring the brain of that child to mimic the actions of the protagonist. Mm -hmm. So, you know, going out there, doing the good deeds, all of those things is literature can be transformative. Right. It definitely can. And it opens new doors to new worlds is, is what I can say. I mean, I just I have experienced it with my own child, with myself as a teacher you know, sitting in a room, you can travel the world with, with access to books. And I like how Learning Ally says, you know, desktop, tablet, phone, it is, it's taking accessibility to a whole different level by making it available through multiple devices. Um, and, you know, whether you're driving or you're sitting on a desk, you can still have access to that book. Um, the other thing that I, I want to point out when you said, you know, Brooklyn sitting in seventh grade or eighth grade reading at a third grade level, um, it's giving her that boost to, um, to, to not just decode, but build the comprehension at the speed at which she needs to do. Because when you're reading an eighth grade or a seventh grade book and your, your speed is slow, your comprehension declines if you're not able to keep up with what's going on in the classroom. And Learning Ally is positioning itself for getting, giving, making that text accessible so that that extra boost where she can function at a seventh or eighth grade level while she's still building her third grade skills and, and you know, bridging that gap, to, so to say. And, and why and should I'll just add on to that yes. real briefly about, you, you know, that's one could absolutely beautifully said about bridging that gap for Brooklyn for that academic, for the comprehension. 
But remember, Brooklyn is an eighth grader, an eighth grader that wants to have validation from her friends, an eighth grader that wants to fit in, an eighth grader that is self-conscious, an eighth grader that, you know, oh, is everybody looking at me? The pure pressure. No, I didn't read. Um, so so we are we are breathing confidence. We are are breathing self-efficacy and self-esteem into students when Brooklyn can go home, read what she needs to read, and go sit in that class tomorrow and say, Oh, I love that part when you know right, right. right. Yeah. Have have the right level of discussion with her peer group rather than lagging behind and struggling yeah. and making it very apparent. So um, that makes me curious, where is Learning Ally headed in, in the future? I mean, you've come a long way from you know 1948 to where we are, where we can access books in multiple devices, but what's the future and how does it fit into this whole um, child literacy approach? How does, where, where do we position Learning Ally going forward? So uh, uh, we at Learning Ally, we are a mighty and strong team of around 130 employees, okay, across the- Small but mighty. <laughs> Small but mighty. Let me tell you what. Now, we've got uh, many volunteers who are the voices of our books. So we can't, you know, forget about our volunteer crew there. But uh, we, as an organization- we got our big vision goggles on, I'm going to tell you. We've been out there looking at the nation's report card, as everyone has, yes. seeing that 65% of our students are not meeting levels of proficiency in reading. Mm -hmm. Then when you look at distinct populations of students, Black students, students of color, that number jumps to about 81% oh, wow. meeting levels of proficiency in reading. So this is where our big vision goggles come in, is we are looking at what does it look like when you think about the whole child, whole child literacy from pre-K to 12. You know, I, uh, I, I love the science of reading movement. I'm gonna say that I love the science of reading movement, but I, I worry in the sense of, I don't want it to us to be reductionist in the sense of structured literacy is the answer to everything. It's not, it's not the answer to everything. A, a high school student that knows how to decode really well, levels mm -hmm. in their comprehension, well, guess what? They need something else. You know, they need the other tools and supports and solutions that are going to build them out as a student. Whole child literacy says we're going to look at the cognitive variables of the student. Mm -hmm. We're going to look at the environment of the student. We're going to look at that language comprehension. We're going to look at word decoding. And what do we need to do to really build a robust learning environment for our students. And in thinking about that, we've got to bring our educators along in the, in the process. Right. Edweek put out a report that said only 11% of 
of teachers that are going into the classroom to teach reading, only 11% of them feel confident that they've got the skills and knowledge to teach reading. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's wrong. That's wrong. We're not preparing our educators in the right way to go and make those transformational practices for our kids. So what is the training the teachers need? What's the professional learning? What, you know, what are the solutions that organizations like Learning Ally can bring to the table that says, we're thinking about the whole child. And, and I'll add on one more thing here, trauma. What's trauma gonna do to affect reading processes of our students? Mm-hmm. So what, what is trauma doing to rewire that brain. You know, we know the amygdala in our brain, it is our fight or flight response center. Right. If that, if our fight or flight response center is saying, bad situation, a child does not have a learning brain. They have a retreat brain. Mm -hmm. We're working with partners around the country uh, at MIT, at Harvard, at University of California, San Francisco. We're working with amazing minds to help us figure this out and then attend to how we equip our educators to address that in the classroom. Wow, wow. It's it's so powerful to see that Learning Ally is not just um, you know, meeting the needs at the surface level, but going deep with research and, and embedding in the science of reading and then building products around the research, around the proven perspective that's coming from in-depth research from all of these universities. Such a great mission, such a great mission. So you mentioned teachers, right? We don't equip them really well. So when I was looking for services and supports for teachers, I found that Learning Ally has professional learning services. Can you tell me a little bit about how do you prep educators for differentiating um, instruction for students? Yeah, this is where I get excited about a lot of things. This is where I get really excited is one of the things that we launched this past year was an educator community. Mm -hmm. So our educator community, there are, oh my goodness, you can find a educator community at every, on every corner, on social media, on, you know, all over the place. But I'm going to tell you what's different about our educator community because we're thinking about the whole educator. Mm -hmm. We are preparing you for literacy leadership. And the minute I say literacy leadership, we automatically think, oh, that's just for administrators, leadership. And I'm trying to make sure the message is heard. Anyone, anyone can be a literacy leader. Leadership is not about your position or title. Mm -hmm. Leadership is about your influence. So if you are a literacy leader, you are out there sharing a message that says, you know what, let's look to the research to figure out what we need to do to best serve our students. And that's where Learning Allies bring in the research. So we've got this educator community that is developing people, growing people. We want our administrators in there. We want our you know, principals, superintendents, educators, we want those folks in there becoming literacy leaders. And we've also got a spotlight learning series. This spotlight learning series, you know, let's see, five years ago, 
we held our very first virtual spotlight on dyslexia conference. Oh, wow. And uh, I say we were way ahead of the times. Yes, always. <laughs> doing a, yeah, doing a conference virtually that many years ago. Right. And we've done that, you know, year since. And uh, let's see, this year, 2021, we had over 8,000 educators register, administrators, teachers, class, gen ed teachers, special ed teachers, mm-hmm. because we are bringing together, like I said, the researchers, the minds, the, uh, uh, you know, classroom practitioners. And I had a quote from a district administrator in New Jersey that said, and this was an all day event that happened in June. And she said, you know, most of these things I get up from my desk, I, you know, work on something else in this right, multitasking. <laughs> we, we've all done it, right? Oh, we all do it all day, every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she said, I didn't leave my desk all day long. Oh, wow. Tactful it was. Wow. I didn't leave my desk all day. I couldn't. I couldn't leave my desk all day long. That, that's such a powerful message on what you're delivering over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, so I'm curious, is the replay of this conference available for the listeners? Oh, but- that was the best question. <laughs> it, it abs. I mean, listen, I do it. You do it. We all do it. We sign up for these things and like, well, I'm working all day that day. I hope there's a recording. Right. We've got this stuff recorded and it's awesome. available for educators uh, until December. But, okay. you know, it's just one, one little moment in time throughout the course of the year where we're offering other events as well. Bring forward, you know, this great content, this great research. And we're, we're also on this mission Mm -hmm. to move away from the sit and get moments. Exactly. You're, you've been an educator. I've been an educator. We've all, all gone to the conference room with the stodgy professor who delivered person delivering up at the front from their podium sitting in the back grading papers that means sign in yes (laughs) to get my credit yes (laughs) and then you walk away and nothing happens right what what we are creating are creating moments for you to get the information and then transform some practices moving forward like make a move Get out there and change, enhance, take a pivot, whatever you need to do, and transform practice right after your learning. Right, right. Because nothing's going to happen if we just sit and listen. Um, We got to take action. We got to implement and put those good nuggets that you gain through conferences, professional development into practice. And I, I think you know, compared to when I started from where I left off in teaching, my my whole perspective of whether you need to be at the front of the classroom or you want to be at the back of the classroom changed because it is it is not the teacher is not the end all be all of all information and knowledge. You can talk till you're blue in your face and the students will still not learn. A teacher is really a facilitator. Your job is to facilitate the learning experiences and, and that can happen in various ways. And Learning Ally is, is one such resource, one such 
feather you can have in your hat that enables students to function at a higher level and keep growing. So um, uh, for those of us who are listening and, and want to contribute, um, are there ways in which listeners can volunteer or otherwise get involved with Learning Ally? So like I said at the very beginning, you know, we're a small and mighty team of 130 plus employees. Mm -hmm. Our strength really lies in our volunteers. Our volunteers are the voices on our books. Our volunteers are the ones that are quality checking the student experience of, of you know, getting access to that book and listening to a book. But we've, so there's opportunities there to be a reader, uh, to be a quality check person on our books. There's also, we've expanded our volunteer opportunity. I've got volunteers in our educator community oh, wow. that, that are retired teachers in there just wanting to stay connected to uh, you know their passion, stay connected in a way. So we've got all kinds of volunteer opportunities. Wonderful, wonderful. And I'll encourage uh, the listeners to go back and check out the various communities because there's, I know you pointed out the educator community, but we also have support systems on the website for students and parents. And there's a big co parent community that exists as well in Learning Ally. So those are other ways to get involved. Um, so Dr. Nolan, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and my listeners this afternoon. Um, I will put some links in the show notes so they can go get involved. Um, I'll also try to put a link to the conference replay so that that way they can have access to that until December. But I truly appreciate you taking the time and speaking with me this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Education Redefined. We welcome feedback. Join our Facebook group to leave a comment or a question. We look forward to hearing from you. Until then, stay tuned for our next episode.